What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast on the movies Creed 3 and Boston Strangler. First, let's talk about Creed 3. Here's a quick synopsis. A retired Adonis Creed is forced back into the ring to go up against a figure from his past, Damian Anderson. The film stars Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors, Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad, Mila Davis-Kent, and Wood. Standout performances, Michael B. Jordan not only returned for the role of Adonis Creed for the third time, he also directed the film in his directorial debut, and it's impressive. But first, I want to talk about Michael B. Jordan as an actor, because he's become weirdly underrated. Most view him merely as a movie star and not a great actor, and I find that to be insane. Just watch Fruitvale Station, he's amazing in it, and has brought that kind of acting chops to bigger studio films, the free Creed movies and Black Panther in which he gives my second favorite villain role performance in a superhero movie other than Heath Ledger. He's an electric and flashy per- He's a legitimate movie star. You could watch him do anything and find it in The thing that got me and many others excited for a third Creed film was the casting of Jonathan Majors, who in recent years became a force in the films The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Spike Lee's To Five Bloods and The Harder They Fall. In back-to-back weeks, Majors had two number one movies at the box office in a row, with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and Creed Free, where he plays Damian Anderson, one-time best friend, now turned rival to Adonis Creed, and many people have compared this performance to Tom Hardy's in Warrior, and that makes a lot of sense. Majors, like Hardy, is a very intense presence on screen. It's a very raw, emotional performance. Along with being the big bad in Marvel movies for the foreseeable future, Majors will also be starring in the movie Magazine Dreams, and will also be playing Dennis Rodman in a film about his infamous trip to Las Vegas during the NBA playoffs. One of my favorite things about the Creed movies have been Tessa Thompson. She plays Bianca, now Adonis's wife. The first time I saw her in a movie was the first Creed film and immediately thought I was watching a movie star in the making. Her and Jordan have great chemistry. I think she's given a worthy backstory. They've really developed her character out. She doesn't feel like a side character. She feels like a major part of these movies. To prepare for watching Creed Free, I recently went back and watched Creed 2 because I had never seen that and was not impressed. It was not nearly as good as the first movie. It felt like a formulaic boxing movie. Creed 3, in my opinion, has restored my faith in the franchise because of the stellar performances and the surprisingly fresh-feeling fight scenes. I usually care way more about the characters and the boxing matches in these movies, but I have to admit, the fights in the movie feel cinematic, and the other thing that stands out to me is the arc of the Damien character. There's a scene where Majors says what the movie is about. He asks Bianca, played by Tessa Thompson, how does it feel to see someone else sing your song? Because that's what the character is feeling. He is feeling like he is watching somebody else, in this case Adonis Creed, live out his life. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, you might hear that plot and go, wow, that sounds really basic and simplified. But I think what elevates this movie over others is the performances of the three major movie stars. I mean, you have Michael B. Jordan,
Jordan, Jonathan Majors, and Tessa Thompson. Most films do not have three movie stars at the absolute top of their game. They are elevating the material. That's what good acting and that's what star power does. It elevates it. I think the plot is really good, but I of course think it's a lot better because I'm seeing Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors share the screen together and you will watch these guys do literally anything. They have star power and so does Tessa Thompson. And that's something that you find in every great boxing movie is it's about the performances. Raging Bull is about Robert De Niro. The first Rocky movie is about Sylvester Stallone becoming a movie star. The Fighter is about Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale and Amy Adams. I mean, they are giving all-time performances in that movie. I love The Fighter. I don't care about the story of Mickey Ward. I care about Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale, and I feel the same way about Warrior. The reason that that movie has become a cult favorite among many people is because of Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton and the great Nick Nolte, of course. Like, that movie is about the performances. Yes, I love the plot. I love the plot of two brothers coming together to fight in one big bout, but if in the wrong hands, that movie could go wrong. And the same thing with Creed Free. Like, this movie works because of the actors that are in it. Let's talk about an actor who isn't in Creed Free. I mean, many have taken note the absence of one Sylvester Stallone. Not only is Rocky not even in the movie, he's mentioned only briefly in passing. And I, for one, think that's a good thing. This movie was the first of the Creed films that wasn't about Adonis' relationship with Rocky or his father Apollo. It was about him dealing with his past and becoming a father. I think this was the first Creed movie that was solely about Adonis Creed. I think this was Michael B. Jordan taking the mantle of being the face of this franchise. He wasn't sharing it with Sylvester Stallone. It was all about Michael B. Jordan and I think that was the right choice. I didn't need Sylvester Stallone to be there to be a mentor figure. We'd seen that in Creed 1. We've seen that in Creed 2. Sylvester Stallone had a fantastic run as the character of Rocky, but I think it's time to retire that mantle and never play that character again. And I know part of the reason he wasn't in this movie because he wants the rights back to being that character. I just personally don't need to see Sylvester Stallone play Rocky Balboa ever again. And clearly his absence didn't affect the franchise. The movie has been a gigantic hit at the box office, making over $58 million on opening weekend, the highest opening for the Rocky franchise. These films are always going to make money, but it's pretty cool to see a movie this good doing well at the box office and it's good to see that this film can have star power outside of Sylvester Stallone like they picked the right guy in Michael B. Jordan I knew that after seeing the first Creed movie that was the first time I ever saw Michael B. Jordan and it was the first time I ever saw Tessa Thompson and immediately I knew I was watching future movie stars overall I had very high expectations going into the movie because of Michael B. Jordan because of Tessa Thompson and because of Jonathan Majors and the movie exceeded those expectations and Michael B. Jordan is not just a movie star he's also a promising director with a bright future I hope he continues to work with Jonathan Majors the best boxing movies have a great rivalry and the one between Adonis and Damien makes this entire movie go I mean you watch a ton of boxing movies and you don't even care about the fight because the person who's playing the rival boxing 
boxer is barely a character in the movie. It's always about the leading character. I feel like the best fighting movies are the ones where both fighters feel larger than life. You have that in Warrior with Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy. You have that in the first Rocky movie with Rocky versus Apollo Creed. And you have that in Creed Free. I mean, the other Creed movies, I can't even tell you who he went up against because they weren't memorable characters. The character of Damian Anderson made this movie what it is, which is better than Creed 2 and I think almost up there with the first Creed movie. This movie has me saying something I never thought I would say. I could see Michael B. Jordan play this character three or four more times because I'm invested in it as a franchise again. Like when I had watched Creed 2 the other day, I was done with it. I was like, okay, this really has reached a turning point where I don't need these movies. I'm not that invested. I'll go see Creed 3 and I'll probably be done with it. But this movie has me thinking that there is a future for this franchise. I want to see Michael B. Jordan play this character again. I'd love to see Jonathan Majors get his own movie about this character. I want more Creed movies in my life. That's how good this movie is, is I think it saved this franchise from becoming irrelevant. I think the movie was going to do well financially either way, but it exceeded it by doing well critically. And I would say right now, Creed 3 is the best movie of 2023. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Boston Strangler. Here's a quick synopsis. Loretta McLaughlin and Gene Cole, two reporters for the Boston Record, investigate an attempt to connect a series of murders. The film stars Kira Knightley, Carrie Coon, Chris Cooper, Alessandro Nivola, David Dashmalchen, Morgan Spector, and Bill Camp. Standout performances. I have long thought of Kira Knightley as an underrated talent. Yes, she's been nominated for two Oscars, but is never brought up as one of her generation's best actresses, which she clearly is, and she carried this movie Boston Strangler. She's in almost every scene. It's one of her best performances in the film she plays Loretta, who is tired of writing for the lifestyle portion of the magazine and wants to be taken more seriously as a reporter. It's like I was talking about with Michael B. Jordan earlier. Like, Kira Knightley is thought only as a movie star. She's more than a movie star. She's a great actress as well, and she's always so believable in every role she's in. And I think people become so obsessed with her star power that they disregard her acting abilities. These people are not just movie stars. They are great actors. And her co-star in this was Carrie Coon, who became well-known for being in the HBO series The Leftovers, and since has been in interesting movies, The Nest with Jude Law, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and this she plays Jean Cole, who has been at the job longer than Loretta, thus she is more jaded. I will say, going into the movie, I thought it was more of a two-hander than it was going to end up being, like it really became Kira Knightley's movie, like there was a lot of scenes without Carrie Coon. This is really Kira Knightley's movie, and I think she is the thing that carries it through. I like Carrie Coon in this. It's a really good supporting performance, but the performance of the film goes to Kira Knightley. She's the most interesting part of the movie. She's in every scene of the movie. You care about her character and are invested in her. What I liked about Boston Strangler is it's a movie that isn't just about the murders. It's about how women were mistreated in the workplace and even in their own homes. It's about how the authorities play a role in these investigations in both a good and a bad way. And one of my favorite things about movies about journalists is seeing the lead characters obsessed 
obsess over their stories. You see it in David Fincher's Zodiac with the Jay Gyllenhaal character. He is fully obsessed with finding out who the Zodiac killer is, that he's willing to sacrifice his personal life and even his career to a certain extent. He just wants to get the answer of who the killer is. It becomes less about himself and more about the main goal. And you see that exact same thing in Boston Strangler. Loretta sacrificed her social life and time with her family to uncover who the killer was. This was years and years of her life and nowadays everyone is after instant gratification for what they are doing. I can never do what she did and it's something that even today is undervalued. I mean they spent crucial times of their lives investigating with no acknowledgement of what they were doing. There was no money being made. They just invested in what they were doing because they thought it was for a good cause and absolutely it was but nowadays it's all about instant gratification it's all about getting likes investigative reporting i believe is at an all-time low in 2023 because we don't give reporters enough time to give us the full picture of their stories we're always going after instant reactions about everything nowadays when this was something that had to be uncovered years and years of time that's what loretta did she uncovered a story from years and years without answers. And then when she finally did get some recognition, the paper put her picture in their paper and put her life at risk, yet she just kept going because she became obsessed with that story. And I think that's something good to have in a lead character in a movie. Of course, it's what really happened in real life. But when you can follow a character who is determined and who is obsessed, I just think it makes for an interesting movie. And I think it's why these movies continue to get made, these investigative report movies because they're thrilling. The characters have one main goal and it's so easy and simple to follow. They are looking for the truth and they are looking to come up with a story to tell. The other thing I think that works with these kind of movies is you know these stories like we've heard of the Boston Strangler before, we've heard of the Zodiac Killer, but we had never really heard of the people who investigated these stories. So as the movie goes on, you learn more and more about Loretta as a person and then you become a fan of her so you're rooting for her to uncover the story you're learning about the person and not about the story I know when watching a movie you can become obsessed with learning about what the plot of the movie is well when you make a movie about a real life story we already know the plot as a society so we can concentrate more on the characters and I think when I was watching this movie I was concentrated on Loretta as a person and I was rooting for her to be the one to uncover the story of the Boston Strangler and that's why I think it works as a movie and Kira Knightley's performance really elevated the film for me because I was rooting for her to be the one to uncover the story. Yes, I was invested in finding out who the killer was but I was equally invested on who this person is and that's what the best journalism movies have is they have you invested in the reporters. A lot of critics have watched this movie and they've said things like I've seen a movie like this before and I agree with that I don't think this movie is something special I think it's a kind of investigative journalism movie that has been made before one thing in this movie that I found interesting that I hadn't seen before was the publicity angle of the serial killer so once in the movie they discover who the serial killer was book deals were made movies were being made like there's this whole other side of things it's not just about who finding out the killer was there was actual money to be made by finding 
finding out who the Boston Strangler was. Like there is an actual weird kind of business side of these things other than finding out who the killer was and ending the murders. There's a great scene in the movie where Alessandro Nivola, who was a detective on the case to find out who the Boston Strangler was, he's now working on a TV show about the killers and he's basically questioning to himself and to her, was it worth it? Was the time I invested in this story worth it at all? Was solving the crime worth it at all? And it proves to me that he wasn't in it for the right reasons. I think the Loretta character was in it for the right reasons. She was looking for the truth. She wasn't in it for the fame. She wasn't in it for the publicity. She was really trying to do good in the city of Boston by finding out who the serial killer was. I think there are some people who are in these things that seem noble for the wrong reasons. They are in it for the fame, whether it's to be the hero of the story or to uncover who the murder is, or they are in it for the book deals so they, they can talk about their connection to these stories. Some people are not in these things for the right reasons. And that's another example of how some people can obsess over something and then let it go. Loretta never let it go. She kept obsessing. I mean, there's a scene in the movie where she travels to another place to help them uncover the real killer. I mean, it's an insane story of how far this person was willing to go to uncover the truth of who the Boston Strangler really was. She could have been done with it years before. She had nothing to gain from telling the truth. She just wanted to be a good reporter, and I think that's definitely a movie worth telling. I haven't seen it from that kind of angle before. I think there is some originality to the movie. No, it's not the freshest movie about investigative journalism. It's not the most original film about a serial killer. And this is a movie about Boston, so one would think you would see some crazy Boston accents like Blake Lively in the town or Mark Wahlberg in The Departed. And for this movie's sakes, that's a good thing that there isn't any because I don't want to see Kira Knightley talking with a Boston accent no matter how fun that would be. And I'm sure some people went into this movie hoping there would be some crazy Boston accent because when those do happen, it can be quite entertaining. But I don't think this is the movie for something like that to take place. Overall, Boston Strangler is just a well-made movie. It's not going to win any awards, but it's a solid film about journalism. And if you're like me and had never heard of the Boston Strangler, you're going to enjoy this. It's informative and entertaining, which is a mix that's not in enough movies lately. I think this is some of Kira Knightley's best work. I'm a fan. I think she does some really great work in this film. And I was thinking about this after I saw the movie. Why do we love two movies about two reporters? Like, we love it. Like, we loved it with Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman in All the President's Men, and those kind of movies continue to get made because we love the idea of two people that have nothing in common other than trying to solve this story. I mean, that's such a good logline for a movie. In this film, Gene and Loretta are very different personality types. Like, Gene stays by the rules and Loretta is really trying to push buttons, but what brings them together is their need to tell the truth and to inform the public about what is going on. As long as good journalism is still happening, they will continue to make movies like Boston Strangler, and they should continue to make movies like Boston Strangler. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend 
you check out the movies Creed Free and Boston Strangler. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movie Devotion, starring Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.